Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Apply Filters. I'm Pippin Williamson, and with me is my co-host, Brad Tanar. And today, we have a couple topics to discuss. We're going to start out by extending a little bit of our discussion on the JSON REST API that's being built or coming into WordPress core sometime soon. Then we're going to follow up with some, some updates about automatic updates for WordPress core, as well as themes and plugins, and then continue on to discuss some of my experience and some things that I've learned from being a member of the WordPress plugin review team, and then we'll follow it up with some of our plugin reviews. Brad, why don't you get us started? Cool. Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, the first thing we're going to look at here is uh, Ryan McHugh was interviewed by WP Tavern, uh, and he's talking about uh, the JSON REST API, and he kind of gave some insight into why it's um, awesome <laughs> and why it's a great alternative to the XML RPC API that already exists in Core. He gave a couple examples, didn't he? Of things yeah. that it could be used for? Yeah, so like one thing is one thing that he was saying that was pretty shocking is that the WordPress mobile apps are like forty percent code uh, to handle the XML RPC stuff. Just 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 forty like forty percent of the code base is just to handle the XML RPC, just to like decipher. That's huge. It. Yeah. So this because uh, JSON supports built into Android and iOS, this new API will cut out like forty percent of the code that's currently in the mobile apps. So it's pretty. Man, yeah, that's cool. So so because am I right in saying that because JSON is a platform agnostic data format that iOS can read by default that it would cut down a lot of the code base simply because the the app would not have to have nearly as much logic in there just to understand the data. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you've ever kind of gotten down and dirty with XML RPC, you know that it's not, you know, the the simplest format to work with. And that's one of the APIs that I've I've never worked with in WordPress. I, I've looked at it several times, uh, and I don't know for some reason it's just eluded me. I've, I've never dug in. Yeah. To be but, fair, to be fair to XML RPC, I mean, usually it's pretty simple to work with because you just drop a library in that you've really not, you know, you haven't done any work on the library. You're just using it. So it's not it's not so much that the the custom code that you have to write to work with XML RPC, it's huge. It's that there's a, a really large library that you're depending on. Yeah, that's is pretty that right? much what it is, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, and another thing, though, that that's going to be huge for this this new API, the JSON REST API, is that you can be able to use it right from your JavaScript, where whereas it's not very, it's not easy to just throw an XML RPC library. I, I don't think I've ever seen that. You know, somewhere. well, I mean, you would you, I'm I'm not aware of anything, but you would have to write your own mapper for it. So you would you'd pull your data via XML RPC, and then you would translate it into JSON probably, so that your JavaScript could read it. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I've never really seen anyone use XML RPC in JavaScript, uh, but I, I think what people usually do, they just build their own kind of JSON REST API endpoint uh, using, you know... The, I'd say that's probably accurate. I mean, I did that. Yeah. I did it for uh, for my Easy Digital Downloads plugin. We wrote a JSON API endpoint so that we could pull down sales and earning stats and, and product details into a mobile app. Um, if if this JSON API had been in core at the time, I probably would have just extended that because it would have already provided all the methods I needed. Yeah, exactly. 
Which so, I mean, would have cut my own code base down by a lot. Oh yeah, and saved so, you. A ton I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it. I mean, I don't know if it's definitely going to make it into 3.8, but it's definitely it's proposed for 3.8, and we'll see where it goes. Um, I guess maybe we should mention Brad and I are actually trying to help out a little bit with the API. We're technically listed under the team. Uh, I've got a couple patches in there. Brad, have you w- actually worked on it yet? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure what you're talking about, to be honest. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, <laughs> I won't worry about it. We'll, we'll talk about that one later. Uh, but basically, just there's, there's a team of people that are, are working on the JSON REST API. So it was, it was just Ryan McHugh, because he was working on it for his Google Summer of Code. Right. But Google Summer of Code is now over, so he has, uh, he has put together a list of people uh, that have contributed patches, contributed bug reports, et cetera, and I guess they're more or less considered the team behind the API. Um, I, I thought you were on it, but I might have read that wrong. Yeah, I don't think I'm on it, but maybe. <laughs> okay. they, they might have chucked me in there for good good measure. I'm not sure. Um, well, we'll find out soon. Yeah. But I, regardless, I hope to see it progress for 3.8. I think it's I think it's going to be huge. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Uh, another Shall thing. We, uh... Another thing that we saw this week uh, in kind of WordPress news is that uh, there was like there was kind of a little uh, little write up about automatic updates. And one of the things that some people may have missed is that there's going to be hooks uh, in that in that work that's been done. There's going to be hooks that you can use in your themes and plugins so that you can do automatic updates for your themes and plugins as well. Which is so if I wanted my plugin to automatically update to the new next version when, when I release one, I could do that. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I hope I haven't looked at the code base enough to know for sure, uh, but I'm, I'm hoping that with those filters, and I'm sure there are, there's ways that you could say only update on on point releases. So if your if your release has three points or two points or whatever. Um, just because I, I would feel I'd probably feel uncomfortable knowing that some developers had decided to auto update to major versions, but I do love the fact that they put in this this opt in. But it's not it's not really an opt in for the for users as much. It's an opt in for developers to say I want my plugins or themes to support this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess you could put like an option in your theme or plugin that says enable automatic updates, right? Like you could do something sure. like that. Sure. Well, and I know that I'm sure these will, uh, even if a plugin had enabled auto updates for that plugin or for that theme, um, if the if the site admin had opted out on updates, it would auto it would opt out for those as well, not just for core. Yeah, exactly. Which there's a whole plethora of ways to opt out of the auto, auto updates. I don't know if you looked at the different options. Yeah, there is. And, and I, <laughs> There's a whole bunch of different ones. One of the things that was really cool, I thought, that they thought of is that um, they're going to detect if you're using SVN or Git uh, to check mm-hmm. out WordPress core and then dis- disable automatic updates. Because I use Git submodules a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you, if anyone's using or familiar with uh, Mark Jake with Skeleton thing. Yeah. Um, that's you know I've never used it, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah, that uses a submodule, and I, I think a you know one a fair of, number. One of the things that I that. really like about the automatic core updates uh, that they're working on is that a, so many people have kind of put it to the flames and said this is a horrible idea. We should do all these things, um, and no matter what you believe on that, whether you agree with them or disagree, 
they're being really, really thoughtful, and by they, I mean the core development team working on this feature. They're being extremely thoughtful on making sure that things don't break. So, for example, checking to make sure if, if an install uses FTP for updates, automatic updates get disabled because they might not have FTP access. If you have disallowed files to be modified via the plugin or theme updater, automatic updates don't happen. Um, all these different things that they put in there to try and make sure that auto updates never break anything. And I can really appreciate the amount of care that they're putting into it. It's not just this feature that they're going to say, oh, you have to use it. No, exactly. And I, you know, and, and there's like, there's the simple fact that you can just put a single constant in your WP config and it shuts them all off, you know? So right. it's, it's not hard to just go back to the old way of doing things if you need to. Yeah, so absolutely. I don't, I don't think if you don't like it, turn it off. You know, it's not a big deal. I, I'm looking forward to it a lot. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be massive improvement to security because, you know, when you have a, a WordPress install just sitting there uh, and then you forget about it, you know, you installed it for your wife's blog or something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I get no, I get notifications all the time from, from host saying, hey, we just finished the upgrade to the latest version on these X, X, X and X sites. And I'm thinking, wow, I even forgot I had those sites. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I think I think it's going to be great. Yeah, um, let's... and and the and the addition of having the ability for plugins or themes to tie into that auto update system will be super cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's uh, let's jump into your experience as a member of the .org plugin review team. I'm excited to sure. hear hear about the uh, insider details. Like, bring us inside, Pippin. Sure. I I've been working or uh, volunteering as part of the plugin review team on WordPress.org for, uh, I think it's getting close to a year now. Uh, and what that means is basically when plugins get submitted to the WordPress repository at WordPress.org, I'm one of the people that helps review those plugins and decide which ones get accepted, which ones get rejected. Um, we we take care of security problems in terms of if we get a report that a, a plugin has a security concern, we disable it, contact the author, et cetera. So we, we do all of those things. And there's several of us on the team. Uh, it's been a really great experience. Uh, there's a lot of things that I would have never considered before joining the plugin review team. Number one is simply the sheer number of plugins that get submitted to the repository. It's crazy. We think, we, we always hear these numbers published that says there's 23,000 plugins on the WordPress plugin repository. Yeah, and that's true. Uh, well, there's actually a lot more than that. There's about 30,000. Just there's about 7,000 that are disabled or closed that people can't view. Wow. Um, which I mean, it just goes to show that there's a lot of plugins that whether people whether the author has decided they want it disabled because they don't want to maintain it, or it's been disabled for security reasons and never fixed. Um, there's actually a lot more plugins out there than people even realize. Um, but what's crazy is we we think of that as a huge number, but then we look at the number that gets submitted every single day. Um, we, tip, we tend to go through about 200 to 250 plugins every single week wow. in, the, in the review queue. And, th- and those are new plugins. Uh, we we so, don't actually... So you're not looking at every line of code. That's for sure, right? Like, there's no way. We, we look at that as much as we can. So a, a basic review process goes like this. We open the queue. We, we, look at, we go to the bottom of it. We download the plugin, and, and we skim it. And basically, we're looking for blatant errors. We're looking for bad practices, things that we don't allow, uh, various things like that. Um, 
violations of repository rules, and security concerns. So we give every single plugin a pretty good look. Um, we can't go as far as actually testing every single plugin, installing it, ac activating, giving it a try, because we would never get through the queue if that happened. But we do look at the code behind every single plugin, and we're looking through every single file. That's so cool. it can take a while to review a plugin. Is, is, um, that, some, is that somewhat new? Like, I, I, I seem to remember hearing that, that it's It's it definitely changed. Right. It's definitely changed over time, and I think it, it, it varies from person to person. Um, I mean, so there, there's several of us that, that do the reviews for the plugin, and depending on how much time we have that day, depending on, on who it is that's doing the reviews, uh, the code skimming might be better or worse than some other days or some other person. <laughs> right. Um, but in general, no plugin gets approved without looking at the code, with, it, with some rare exceptions. Um, if we have a developer that we know is really has always produced good work. We're not concerned about them having blatant security problems um, mm -hmm. or violating repository guidelines. Sometimes we'll put those in uh, right away. Right. But in terms of the number of plugins, that's like one in a hundred, one in two or three hundred. Right. So it's it's pretty minimal. The, there's a couple things that I want to bring up that has been really fascinating to me as being a member of the plugin review team. And, and this would go for any review team, whether it's themes, whether it's a marketplace, doesn't really matter uh, what kind of repository it is. But I think we're all really quick to judge other people's code. So you could be, you can be a great developer and you look at other people's code and you're like, eh, it's just not that good. It's not very good. I don't like it. That's not how I would have Re done it. Rejected. <laughs> rejected. And it's really easy to make those kind of judgments. Whether you make those judgments publicly or you just think about it in your head, I mean, everybody does that. But something that's interesting is that we, at, when we're reviewing these plugins, we have to be careful about those kind of judgments because every single developer starts somewhere and every single developer can go back and look at their old code, and they would probably be shocked with what they found. It must be tough, so, though, when you're reviewing the code, like, and, and someone's using, like, not not doing things the WordPress way, you know? Like, they're using, it, like, it camel can. case. Uh, everything's sure. yeah, camel it, case. <laughs> every, like, whether it's formatting or lack of formatting or even just, like, the particular APIs or functions they've decided to use, it can be sometimes difficult to to say, oh yeah, we'll allow this plugin in because internally you're thinking, ooh, I really don't like this. This could be done so much better. I should reject this. But then you have to step back and realize that person may not realize that and this may be, um, maybe they're just learning or maybe this is the way they are taught. That doesn't make them necessarily a bad developer or it doesn't make you a better developer. Everybody starts somewhere and everybody has their own personal opinions. So when we review a plugin, we have to we have to basically say, does it violate guidelines? If no, great. Does it have security problems? If no, great. Does it work? If yes, fantastic. It goes in, pretty much. Um, right. Assuming it's not like a direct copy of someone else's plugin or other issues like that. We have to completely ignore things like formatting, general right. best practices, etc. There's plugins that I have approved in the repository that are horribly coded. And and that's not just like my personal opinions on the plugin. Like there's there's certain code that you can just anybody could say yes, this is pretty poor, but right. they can still get accepted because they deserve that chance to get in there and better themselves by having real users. And just because the code isn't great doesn't mean they should get rejected. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's cool. And, and I, so I agree getting, with getting that, that kind of mentality and and acknowledging that can can definitely be tough day to day. But it was really eye opening because I had not ever considered that before I joined the review team. Right. Is is there any kind of plans for like an automated scanning of the code that would kind of take care of like catching some you know security issues or something? Um, I think there. I'm not entirely sure on that, but I, I do want to say that there are scanners that actually scan the SVN repository for certain things. Um, I'm not entirely sure what it is they scan, uh, but I, I do also know that every single commit to the SVN is looked at by someone, which is crazy. Uh, to give you a quick idea, there's generally about two to 4,000 commits to the plugins repository every single week. And there is a person or a couple people that scan every single commit. My God. <laughs> yeah. Go, everybody, go buy Scott Riley a beer. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. Which, which is crazy. And I mean, when I know, I know Scott is definitely one of those people that reviews a lot of the commits. And I, I feel really bad for not remembering who else, but I think there's a couple other people that do as well. Um, but they're, I mean, they're not really like looking in depth for commits. They're looking for people that are blatantly abusing things. Uh, for example, there there are scammers out there that will commit update after update after update to uh, boost their download count. Uh, and so yeah. there, people are watching for that. Like there are people who will actually commit plugin updates that do nothing more than increment their version number as a way to get more people to download it. Yeah. And so that's... there's a lot of there's scanning that goes on for. Detecting things like that, right? Yeah, that's not cool. Nah, it's gaming the system. Totally, totally. So, cool. Should we move on to reviews? Yeah, I think we've got two different plugins that we want to talk about, uh, and these are both plugins that Brad and or I have both used and decided that we want to talk a little bit about. And so, Brad, why don't you start with yours? Sure. Uh, the plugin I want to talk about is it's actually extremely simple. It's um, it's so those are my favorite kind of plugins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I don't even think it has a setting screen. Actually, I can't, I can't find it if there is one. Um, anyway, what it does uh, is say you're uh, say you're writing a post and you're done, but you want to get some feedback on it. So say I wanted Pippin to see it. Well. There's not really an easy way for me to send Pippin a link to a draft post unless I give him a login to my WordPress site. Right? You could you could always copy it into a PDF and email it to me. <laughs> right. Well, surely, surely there's a better way than that. PDF. I think Word document would be better. But <laughs> how about how about a TXT with, or an OTF file? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but but so so this plugin, Public Post Preview, allows you to send a link that's kind of a unique link that's secure, well, relatively secure. Uh, and, you know, so I just send this link to Pippin and then he can read the blog post. He doesn't have to log in or anything. Um, and all it is, is uh, there's a little checkbox uh, in the publish uh, meta box uh, when you're editing the, the post. And it says, it's a checkbox that says enable public preview. You check it off and then it slides down and, and the link is right there to copy and paste. And that's it. It's super simple. So it, it, it just great. allows you to, to send a link to somebody else and then allow them to view that post before it's published. Is that right? That, that's it. That's all it does. Yeah. And it's that's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. 
I've, I've used it on a couple of my sites, uh, and it's, it's always been great. It's not something that I need very often, because, yeah. to be honest, I'm not, I'm not usually sharing stuff out before I, before I publish it. But yeah. th- on the, the day that I do want to do that, it's great. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm the same I, way. I, 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 don't, I don't usually use it that often, but when I'm going to post something that's a little controversial or something, or sure. something I'm unsure about, like, you know, it's good to get a second I, I opinion. I love the simplicity of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, there, there's a lot of different ways that you could do a public post preview. I mean, the, the overall concept is pretty much the same. You have a special URL that if you visit that URL, you can see a preview post. That's pretty much it. Um, but I think there's a lot of different ways that you could do that in terms of like a UI standard. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of different places you can put the link, a lot of different ways you can generate that. And the way that this plugin did it was, was perfect. Um, just super simple. I think the location that he put it is, I don't know. It, it's one of those plugins that I, I like because I don't notice it's there. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. I think I think that's a huge testament to a plugin when it can have this feature that it provides on a on a post edit screen or anywhere in the WordPress UI, and you forget it's there. Yeah, and I think I think that's super cool because it just it just naturally flows into the WordPress UI, uh, and you you start to think of this as being standard. So I've actually had a couple of plugins like that. My the, the main one that I think of is one called Duplicate Post that allows you to create a new draft of a post. Um, and I used to activate it on every single site that I have, and I still do. And then I go to a site that doesn't have it, and I think something is missing because <laughs> it's just I've started to think of that as a core UI, core feature. Right, yeah. Which is just, to me, is just, I think, is a true testament to a good plugin, Absolutely. no matter whether it's super simple or super complex. Yep, agreed. Cool. Uh, so my plugin that I want to talk about is WP Push Notifications. And this is a plugin from Chris Klosowski. And it's it's really cool. Uh, if, you, if you've ever heard of a, a system uh, or a service called Pushover, it's basically uh, an API that allows you to send push notifications to an iOS or Android phone uh, or tablet. So in the same way that you get a little pop-up when you get a text message or something like that, you can get a pop-up when some arbitrary event happens. And so Pushover provides this API to do that. And so Chris wrote a plugin called Pushover Notifications for WordPress uh, that can send push notifications of things like uh, new comments when there's updates available uh, or post publica- publications from other registered users, etc. cetera. Uh, inclu- also, uh, update, it, it can send a push notification for things like password resets or plugin or theme upgrades available, etc. And so it's really cool by itself. Uh, just having this plugin that can provide these extra push over push notifications, some of which are also available with a combination of Jetpack and the WordPress mobile app, um, but this one is a is standalone. But I also like it because he's taken the same idea, push over, push notifications, and extended it to other plugins. So like he's written an add-on for BBPress. So if you have like so let's say you run a support form and you want to get a push notification anytime somebody posts a new topic. In a particular form. Oh dear, you God. can do that. <laughs> Your phone would well, never stop ringing. <laughs> see, see, for me, it's fantastic because I, I actually use it for like priority support. Okay. So we have people that pay pay a monthly subscription to get priority support access. So anytime that somebody who's a paid customer or a paid support customer opens a ticket, I get a little notification, uh, which makes sure that we can a- we can answer those tickets rapidly. Uh, and then he's other he's got other 
extensions for WP Commerce for easy digital downloads, and I think he's got a couple others to get like sale notifications. Um, so he's he's built this nice little platform so that any other plugins could extend it to send notifications. Uh, I I recently extended it to uh, we since we have a team of people that manage the EDD support, uh, and we all run that off of BBPress. I actually wrote a a little extension for it that. Gets a, sends a push notification anytime someone assigns you a ticket. So if one of my support team assigns me a ticket, I can get a push notification. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so so this plugin, even if you don't use it for like its core features, which is plugin theme updates, comments, etc., there's extensions for it for more uh, niche purposes. But so that so that's my plugin pick of the week. I've been using it for I don't know probably a year now, ever since he first. Uh, pretty early on since he first wrote it and it's fantastic i mean it's just a, a normal part of my day now that's that's awesome yeah I, it's funny because like it's not a plugin i don't think i would use because i'm like i'm so anti-notification like if you if you hooked up like a, a heart monitor <laughs> and like it would be a direct link between you know my heart rate going your up. heart rate goes up with every notification yeah exactly it, it would yeah, this, it would be the same graph. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> let, let me tell you this. It's fantastic when I get sale notifications because I'm like, oh, hey, I got a sale. I got a sale. That's that's great. I like that. Uh, it's not so great when you get a push notification for a ticket that says, super urgent, everything is broken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, got its, it's got its plus and minuses. Right, but, right. But overall, it's it's pretty slick. Yeah, that's an awesome plugin, though. I mean, there's definitely a need for notifications and to, to you know, to have that ability, you know, in your WordPress software. I mean, it's great. So yeah, definitely. Well, looks like we got about five minutes left. Um, I think we got one more extra topic that we can jump on if we want um, for WP post forking. Brad, yeah, actually, you I talk just, a little bit about that. I just saw this today, and um, I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I don't know a ton about what the deal is with WP post forking, but what was really surprising is that they've raised over five thousand dollars on Indiegogo to support the development of of this part. This is like a core, like this is going to be added to core. So people have funded the development. Of- I didn't realize it was going going to core. I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to stay as a plugin. Oh, that's possible. I'm, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Let's um, for anybody that doesn't know, why don't we uh, give a quick rundown of what what the the plugin or the feature in general is? Yeah, you sure. Do that. Uh, so it's basically GitHub for WordPress posts, from what I understand. So <laughs> it, it it's collaboration. So say say you're editing a a post, uh, like a an article. Right, and uh, you want someone to collaborate on this article. You want someone to write part of it. Well, you can. That person can fork the post and start, you know, typing away and changing the article, and then you can merge your changes back together uh, to create like the final piece. So it's, you know, That's it's, really cool. You know, it's source control for, for you know articles. I guess you could. That's say. awesome. This um. Postforking actually came out as a plugin, I think, about a year and a half ago. Um, I want to say that Ben Balter was writing it. Uh, I'm not compl- I don't. I may be wrong on that, but I used it and I gave it a try when it was first new- 
coming out, and they were first building it. And it had some issues, but it, it was pretty cool. It was basically like they'd gotten the concept up, but it wasn't necessarily ready to be used in production. So I'm thrilled with the fact that they're now, whether it stays as a plugin or eventually gets merged into core, I love the idea. Um, one of the things that makes me really excited for it is, and, and I thought of this when they first released it, is I want to build documentation for open source plugins that anybody can edit. Anybody can submit a pull request to a document to or, or like tutorials. I think it would be so cool to have a tutorial site slash a documentation site for um, whether, whether it's your plugin or even like WordPress core. Think like the WordPress codex. Anybody yeah. can edit the WordPress codex. Anybody. I mean, it has the full revision system. So it'd be so cool to have that all run on top of WordPress, where if you want to submit a modification to one of the codex articles, you just create your little branch and or your fork, you modify it, you submit it, and then it gets reviewed, and who's ever the, the project lead for that can merge your fork back into the, the core. Yeah. I think that'd be fantastic. That's that's a bit of a, that's a, quite a different process, I think, than the traditional wiki, right? Where I think it's the, the wiki process is you change the article, and then, you know, if... It's auto-approved. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and sometimes they lock it, right? They, they'll lock it sure. down, so it can't be can't be published uh, right away after it's been edited. But, but yeah, I think most of the time you edit it and it just gets published. And the idea is that most people are good, so they won't deface the articles. <laughs> right. Which, and, and in general, is, is true. I, I mean, I think there are very few cases on the codex where you have, where there's someone that has gone in and destroyed something or said bad things. Um, but... I would love to see something like the Codex, which is this integral part of the WordPress community managed through WordPress. And even if it's not the Codex, like I would love to run my own documentation for my open source plugins on on a system like this. So even if I know in general people would never contribute to it, but like even getting one contribution, whether it's like a typo or or like maybe I forgot to update the doc when I pushed out a new version of the plugin, it'd be so cool. And so I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I th I think actually that it would be uh, even more. I think people would be more likely to participate. I think because oh, absolutely, especially if there's like a big button at the bottom of the article that says, <laughs> "See a typo? Click here to submit your change." Or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I, I I don't know. It might even be better than. It, it might be more encouraging than a wiki in a sense because because the someone's reviewing it. So you're, you know, if you make a mistake, no big deal, kind of thing, you know. So it's, it's kind of le less pressure to like get it perfect, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that, you know, GitHub has been super successful for getting people to contribute to projects. Uh, so I don't know, applying that model just to, to this just seems to make a lot of sense. So. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled with the fact that the campaign has succeeded. Um, I love that Aaron Jorben is is the lead from the project. I mean, he's a he's a great developer. He's done a ton of work on Core, um, and so whatever he does with this, it's going to come out well. Um, and so I don't I don't know what the time frame is for for getting the getting the project ready to go, but I'll be watching it for sure. Yeah. So six days and, left to contribute. Yeah, there's still six days. So if anybody wants to go contribute a little bit of extra to make it even better, it's already met, met its goal. But if anybody wants to make it a little bit better, you can give anywhere from fifteen to a thousand dollars. So, anyway, 
that's that's post working. Awesome. Well, I think that uh, pretty much wraps up our time. And so if anybody has any questions, feel free to leave them in the comments, ping us on Twitter, or any other way that you want to get in touch with us. Great. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody.